Good evening and welcome to our poor friends. You know, I've been thinking about this lately. I feel like we need a new logo. I realize we have our... I thought you were going to say a new intro because all I do is fucking laugh the whole time (laughs) that you're starting our intro because it makes me so happy. Well, we are so movie focused. Yeah. And we've kind of stopped the drinking part of it. I know. Right. Yeah, it's probably good for us. It's good for us. It is good for us. I'm not... But sometimes it was loads of fun. It really was. And I'm not the raging Uh drinker I was in 2020. I know, right? So I'm like, at least maybe it can... We should have like a movie reel or something. Oh, yeah. we need to think about that. Okay, okay. Okay, so tonight we are talking about one of my very favorite movies. And I think it's one of Nicole's favorite movies as well. I know that there is like this theme in podcasting to talk about like murders, right? It's a murder thing. Yes. And so tonight we're talking about a movie that dealt with a real life murder once upon a time in Hollywood. I will say probably one of my favorite Tarantino movies. For sure. Django Unchained is, I used to say Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. And then Django but God, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was fucking good. You know, we just talked about this. We yeah. will do a Quentin Tarantino night. Yes. Because, I mean, I remember Pulp Fiction. Oh, God. And, of yes. course, Kill Bill. Yeah. I, I just, there are so many good ones. Uh-huh. Django is amazing. Yeah. So, and it's kind of cool because they all live in a similar universe, uh-huh. right? Like there's yeah. red apple cigarettes, whatever. Yeah. So we'll have a conversation about that. Yeah. But tonight... We're going to focus on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. But before we get started. I have Would You Rathers and they're so good. I love it. <laughs> I'm on board. Okay, here we go. Okay. Would you rather be in a reality show or win an Oscar? Oh, I would. The pretentious side of me says win an Oscar. Right. But I am Hot oh, girl. Yes. On Vanderpump Rules and the oh, Scandal right now. Okay, so I don't, I've never gotten into Vanderpump. Shut But up. all of that shit's all over my Instagram and yes. my TikTok and all of that. Because that he, Re, reality yeah. shows are like, if you're good at a reality show, yeah. you have some staying power. Yeah. When you think about like how long some of like the yeah. housewives have been doing Ramona's, their shit. Yeah. Yes. Fucking Bethany. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And the countess. Yeah. Like you have some, yeah. And Kyle like, Richards. let's be honest. I, you don't have to work that hard at it. I no. don't think so. And I would love to be on a reality housewife show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's be clear. Ain't nobody coming to my house <laughs> to do a reality TV show. Me neither. But although we do have an Eon sign, just like we Kyle, do. Richards. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. So I'm with you. Like, yeah, I, so Yes, and I, we could enjoy ourselves on those vacations. Oh yeah, that Bravo pays for. Well, that's the other thing, right? They make some money uh-huh. if they're good. Sorry. Right. See, I have the hiccups every time. It's a time. podcasting thing. Yeah. Well, it's like we had dinner. Yeah, I would much rather I think be a reality TV show person than win an Oscar. Are I'm going to okay? try and hold my breath. Okay. So if I make a weird noise, you'll know why to okay. try and stop, stop the, the hiccups. hiccups. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk but to fill the like, void. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like if I make a weird noise, yes. you'll know why. If it sounds like you're dying. Yes. That's right. Or like I'm about to throw up or something. Yes. You'll know where that comes from. But yes. So yes, I would like to say I would win an Oscar. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I wouldn't be opposed. Right. Like surely there's some kind of like. Obviously, the Oscar would be amazing, and it would look great on the shelf and whatever. But isn't there some kind of reality TV? Can't we come up with some kind of award show for that? Well, like, <laughs> don't Emmys have a reality TV? Oh, probably. Like, yeah. category? That's true. Yeah. yeah it's so, fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. Okay. Would you rather fall in love with a celebrity? Okay. Or fall in love with a criminal? Fall in love with a celebrity. Well, but we all like a bad boy. We do, but I don't want to visit him in jail. But Tony Soprano wasn't in jail. If I got to choose, <laughs> while I understand the yes. draw of Tony Soprano, yes, yes, I would definitely With celebrity, yeah, yes. for sure. So who? Oh. Who's on your bucket list for celebrity? Oh. Yeah, who's on your bucket list? Okay, so I like I like the 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 typical Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Oh gosh, yes. Uh, Ryan got the Ryans, the, the Ryans. Chris's, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, George Clooney, of course. Yeah. You know, like, I like the traditional. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do have some dark horses that Mark makes fun of me for. Really? Okay, do tell. Wolf Blitzer. Oh. Girl, I love me some Wolfie, too. 
Oh, yeah. with that beard. Oh, I know. I love Wolfie, <laughs> and I also love, um, oh, God, he's on MSNBC. I watch him every Sunday morning. Um... I could just forgot his name. Anyway, so it's not Ari Melber, but it's uh. So before his disgraced Allie. brother had to leave, yes, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. Oh, yes, my heart. Yes, my heart. I get it. He's so dreamy. I get it. Yes, I totally get it. So yeah. that's my thing. Like I, yeah. I have those, and, and I've even there have been others that like nobody else is like. New Kids on the Block. My favorite was Danny. Oh, Danny, no I know. one liked that was, Danny. No, I know. I, I love you, so but that was a dreamy. that is a dark horse for I sure. Yeah. yeah. So I have my dark horses. Yeah. What about you? Uh, so for celebrities, it would. Would def- you pick celebrity? Or yeah. Would you- okay. I would. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Hunnam. Oh God. Who's Charlie Hunnam? Whoa. Oh, what? Sons of Anarchy. He plays ah, Jax Teller on okay. Sons of Anarchy. Okay, okay, okay. He's been in several movies. He's very like. Yeah, I. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shamar Moore. Okay. I love Shamar Moore. Um, Ryan Reynolds, for I, right. sure. Like you, and like you, Mark you, Wahlberg. Right, you can't, like, like you, you can pick yes. the traditional whatever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah no, so because so, like that's the thing. Chris Pine, yeah. Chris Evans. And there's this guy that I, so obviously I don't watch the sports ball. No. Uh, my husband and my child are huge fanatics for just about any sport. Yeah. But there's this, Riley, he goes by RJ3. So he's a third generation of what I can't think of. Of an RJ. Yes, I can't think of what his name is. But he is a football commentator. And he is beautiful. All right, let's look him up. So every time Jamie and Riley are playing playing football. No, they don't play football. Every time Jamie (laughs) and Riley watch football, I'm like, is my boyfriend on there? Is RJ3 on there? Oh. He's beautiful and during i don't know it wasn't the suit it might have been like the playoffs before the super bowl something like that did he die no no he's still alive he was in kansas city for the draft because rj3 comes up with ryan jefferson 2005 to 2021 nope he's... which means he was only 16 i don't think i had the right one yeah uh rj Young baseball, yeah. I thought Riley said it was RJ three, but see, who is I Ryan don't... Jefferson, the young baseball player who died at age Robert 16? Lee Griffin the third? That's oh. who it is, Robert Lee Griffin the third. Okay, and so he is beautiful, and he was in Kansas City during the draft because he was doing. But and it was so cute because I think it was one of the games, like a playoff game or something like that, before the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's literally on the sidelines in the middle of commentating, and his wife goes into labor, and he takes the call on the field live, Aww. and he's like, "I gotta go," and he just like throws his <laughs> microphone at this guy and just like takes off. Oh my god, so. So cute, but so I remember oh, when he was in the draft because he was there inside, inside Union, Union Station, Station. and yeah. I just he dresses so nice <laughs> and he's just so yummy. Yeah, I do love him. Um, yeah. of all the celebrities, like it's the tall, bald men. Oh that yeah, I that you really love. love. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I this is definitely celebrity. Yeah. I'm okay with a Wolf Blitzer. Oh, yeah. But if a Ryan Reynolds happens to be available, you let me know. Okay, yes, will do. <laughs> okay, would you rather be a star on Broadway or in Hollywood? Oh, Broadway. <laughs> Broadway. Yes. Like I, the new show, Schmigadoon, do you watch that show? Uh-uh. Oh, my God, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, I don't have that. Okay, well, yeah. it's like real people that, Go into a movie musical. Oh. It's phenomenal. Oh my God. I yeah. love it. But I I do wonder how I would do. So I do better in a musical than I would like a play. Because okay, yeah. I can remember songs way better than I yeah. can remember lines. Okay. Um, like yeah. So I, I feel like I would do okay, but I don't know how I would do in front of a live audience. Yeah. That scares me. Yeah. But I do think I would love being on Broadway. Yeah. I've never done anything like that. Yeah. Like I I've never, I, like I didn't do theater in school. I, I didn't, I do not like getting up in front of people. I tried out for our musical and was rejected. What? <laughs> I know. How dare they? So. What was the musical? It was um, Hello Dolly. Which oh, I that's love, such a great musical. But I didn't know anything about singing. Like oh. zero about singing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they asked me. What what do you sing? For those you're the, like for those podcasters that can hear my very deep masculine <laughs> voice, 
<laughs> I said soprano. <laughs> yes, you did. I love it. Because I knew I you had just knew no that, that was idea. a singing term. Literally, <laughs> if they had given me like the man's song, uh, uh, I would have done so much better. That's awesome. But I said soprano Good and then you. proceeded to screech out oh. the worst <laughs> version of ribbons down my back I have ever heard oh my in God, my that's life. That's amazing. And they, they were quite... They were like, thank you. Thank you for trying. Yes. They were quite in their right to say no to <laughs> that's me. That's awesome. 100%. Yes. Oh my God. So what about you? Hollywood? I mean, or? no, Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. Because I can't sing... Uh, Let's be clear. I can sing. I can't sing well. It doesn't stop me from belting shit out at the top of my so lungs my thing. all the time. Like, there are there are roles like Idina Menzel is so good oh, at this. Yeah. There are roles that are just singing loud, right? Not even singing like particularly well, just right. singing loud, right? I could do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I could do that role. Yeah, I think I could do. That's what I could do. Yeah. And so I, if yeah. I had known better, yeah. I, I think my whole life would be different right now. Probably. But I got rejected from that. And then there was a like a show tune, show choir group. <gasps> oh. I tried it for that. And the guy's like, do you play any instruments? <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God. I shit you not. Oh and my God. So my, He's like, we have this accordion. Can <laughs> you play this? Can you play a keyboard? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to. Right. It's either I'm in the front singing either or nothing. I am singing my heart That's out. That's right. Or you get nothing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. So lesson learned to those parents <laughs> out there. Please, <laughs> before your child goes out for a role she has no business in, <laughs> teach her the difference between a soprano, soprano and an alto. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's amazing. Okay. Last one. Okay. Would you rather be famous for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> like Charlie tape. Manson, or your sex oh. tape. Yeah. <laughs> like, not murder. Yeah. Murder. Murder. Or not famous at all. Uh, so, I don't want to be famous for a murder. I will okay. say that. Okay. Having committed or been murdered. <laughs> I don't want to be famous for either one of those. Yes. On the other hand, no criminal activity. Okay. Like, I don't want to be Rob Lowe with the 16-year-old. Right. Like, no criminal yeah. activity. Yeah. No Roman Polanski shit. Uh, yeah. But. Maybe a little Kim Kardashian. I wouldn't mind being known maybe for Maybe a little tape. Tommy and uh, Pamela. Pamela. Yeah. I have a feeling my sex tapes are awesome. I Yeah. I mean, I've Granted, never I'm made a plus one. size lady. You're right. I've never made one. Yeah. I've never watched it back. But I, I think, I think. I yeah. think I would be enjoyable. I mean, to watch. mine would be boring. I don't think mine would be. Really? I mean, I, I guess, mean I'm not so like here's I'm not. the thing. I guess if I know I'm performing for the camera, exactly. watch out, people. Watch exactly. out. Bitches on fire. Yes. Yeah. That because is, on an everyday, I'm like, okay, let me just let me file my taxes yeah. <laughs> while I'm laying here. Yeah, like you just there do are what times you need that to do. there are times that sh- that it's a little lackluster. Exactly. But if uh, I'm performing for a crowd, hello. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because you know they all made their sex tapes knowing they were, they making, were making a it. sex yeah. tape. And you have to make, I mean, you, maybe you don't have to, but in my mind, you have to make a sex tape assuming somebody's going to see this. Even that if I it's just you it, and your yeah. man. Like I want this to be even exciting if, to right. watch. Even if it's yeah. just you and your partner. Uh-huh. Like, I'm sorry, but if I'm laying there like, oh. Right. Well, you know. That's not something I'm going to want to watch again. Well, yeah. Yeah. But no. I've watched enough like HBO. Oh, yeah. To know what a good sex tape looks like. Yeah. I I would do sex tape. Nice. Versus not being, you know, famous, famous at all. Famous at all. Yeah. But again, n- no murder stuff. Yeah. Stop with the murder stuff. <laughs> Just getting prepared here with my notes <laughs> that I have to keep at 185 because <laughs> I really have to have them zoomed in. Uh, okay. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes. So... Some people say this recounts the end of what they're calling the golden age of Hollywood, which reigned from like the early 30s and the introduction of the talkies. What was interesting this weekend, and this was just a fucking coincidence, was we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then we watched Babylon. Have you seen oh, Babylon? Not yet. So it is on our list to watch when Rise Home this summer. I had no idea what it was about. Yeah. Okay. Just so you know, there is quite a bit of gratuitous sex. It's got um is that the one that has Margot Robbie in it? And, and Brad okay. Pitt. Because like, Margot same- Robbie is Riley's. Oh, oh, she loves Margot Robbie. Oh, why wouldn't you? She's yeah. stunning. We can't wait to She's- go see Barbie. Yes. Like, oh, she, yes. you know, yes, Riley's yes, all yes, about yes, the yes. Harley Quinn. So, yeah, 100%. it's on our it's on okay. our summer watching list. But I'm telling you, like, if you are at all embarrassed 
with like the opening scene is a woman peeing on a man while he's naked. Oh, it's that kind of. It's as gratuitous as it comes. I don't wait. No, we have watched that. We watched it when she was home over spring break. Okay. Yes, so we did. I don't need to tell you. No, yes, okay. I, we did see that. Sorry. All right. So what I thought. So we happened to watch these yeah. within days of each other. Yeah. They both star Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, but the Babylon was like the beginning of the Golden Age yes. when talkies were introduced and how people just could not deal with those. Yeah, things. they couldn't fathom what this That's was going right. to be like. And then this was the end of it. And so it was interesting. That's an interesting juxtaposition to have watched it. I didn't it. plan that uh-huh. at all, but then to have like this really super sad story. Yeah. Of these people that are coming washed up silent movie yes. actors and actresses. Yes. And then a super sad story of these kind of washed up or or cowboys lo- and all that like that looking, genre was dying. Right. Yeah. Of the old timey Hollywood movies. Yeah. Um okay. So again, it stars Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate, Leo DiCaprio as Rick Dalton, and Brad Pitt as a stunt double and right hand man Cliff Booth. It was written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, which we've already talked about. It's one yeah. of my favorite Tarantino movies. Yeah. And it's funny because I love all the Tarantino movies so much, but this one really was one of my absolute favorites. He said he worked on the screenplay for five years because oh, he wow. wrote it as a novel. Oh. So he started it as a novel, but decided it'd be better as a screenplay. He wrote so much of the novel that he had like episodes of Rick Dalton's bounty hunter show <gasps> written in. Oh my God. Like he, he so we watched, the he DVD, really went down the rabbit he hole. He did. We watched the DVD commentary and mm. he was talking about how he knew these characters so, so, so well. That's wild. The title is an homage to Sergio Leone, who directed both Once Upon a Time in the West and Once Upon a Time in America. Oh. Quentin Tarantino has cited Leone as one of his favorite filmmakers and an influence throughout his career. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, And what's really cool about this is that Tarantino calls this like his love letter to Hollywood. Mm. So he grew up in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and was really part of like, and of course he was born in the 60s. So he was born right before all this stuff happened. Yeah. I think it was the 60s that... It may be 50s that he was born and he grew up in the mm-hmm. 60s, but regardless, yeah, he was really a, a kid growing up in this kind of environment. And he had already said that this, he said that this was his most personal screenplay because mm, it was interesting, right, which I thought was really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, eager to work with Quentin Tarantino again and to keep within the budget, Leonardo DiCaprio took a 25% pay cut. Oh, wow. From his usual $20 million salary. Oh, well, excuse me, boo. Right. Yeah. $15 million. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> He's not eating government cheese from the cave <laughs> with that little 25% pay cut. That's right. That is exactly right. Uh, Quentin Tarantino considers himself one of the luckiest directors in the history of Hollywood for being able to cast Leonardo DiCaprio and Bad Brad Pitt at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he would compare them, like when you watch the commentary, he really compared them to like the Paul Newman, Robert Redford characters. Oh, okay. Because... They both had like an 11 year difference. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, I see that. Uh-huh. I a hundred percent see yeah. that. So yeah. I thought that was kind of I cool. thought they w- worked well together. <clears throat> oh, I did too. Yeah. And even though, you know, there's an age difference. Oh, I didn't notice it. I, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't Like you glaring. knew it was there, but you yeah. weren't like, oh my God, this yeah. guy's a, being a father figure or older brother right. or anything like that. It didn't seem like that. Uh-uh. They, <clears throat> and this was the thing, like they, sorry, <laughs> You're okay. I sound disgusting tonight. No, like, you're fine. <laughs> just <laughs> things coming out of everywhere. It's just terrible. It's because I was singing Broadway too. That's so true. I yes. Um, but anyway, like they not only did they work well together, but they seemed genuinely like they liked each other. Yes. Yeah. Like I loved the minute the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is like, "You want to come in and watch FBI?" And he's yes. like, "I got the beer in the back. Let's go." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I really like that. I thought that was so yeah. authentic and genuine. Yeah. Tom Cruise was originally in talks to play the role of Cliff Booth. So Brad Pitt had been approached to play a different character. Oh. And that character was like a detective type that was like investigating the murders. Mm. And I guess Brad Pitt didn't like the role. So he's Mm. like, no, I'm not going to do it. So then they tapped Tom Cruise to play Cliff Booth. And that was kind of like, because I guess from the very beginning, Quentin Tarantino had wanted Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. But it was that Cliff Booth role that he wasn't sure about. And so, um, again, Tom Cruise was originally in talks to play the role, but I had to turn it down because the shooting schedule schedule would conflict with his filming for Mission Impossible Fallout. 
I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, so I'm, I'm not, not a, I, sad to see that he didn't get it. I don't hate Tom Cruise, but yeah. I'm with you. I don't love Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. I mm-hmm. think he's like, I love Top Gun. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. But uh, to your point, I definitely found Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Especially because, I, and I talk about how Cliff Booth shows a lot of like confidence and humility. Mm. And that's not Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise at uh-uh. all. Uh-uh. Like he can be confident, but he's not exactly Mr. Humble. N- uh, no. And he doesn't like, and because of that, I don't know that he gives off that real authentic flair uh-huh. that Brad Pitt to me certainly does. Yeah. So that living behind the move, the drive-in movie theater exactly. with his dog, <laughs> with his dog, but, but adoring his dog. Yes. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know that I would have believed that with Tom Cruise. Oh either. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Tarantino said he wrote the role of the fictitious Hollywood agent Marv Schwarz <laughs> specifically for Al Pacino. Oh. I was like, that makes sense. Well, and he was great at it. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Well, and it's funny because it's such a small role, really, uh-huh. but it sets the tone for the whole movie. Yes. I mean, if it wasn't for that conversation, like, he wouldn't have gone to Italy. He wouldn't come, right? right? Like, so yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, in a 2021 interview to promote the film's novelization, Tarantino confirmed he wanted Jennifer Lawrence to play. Oh, I like her a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so originally, people thought that he wanted her to play the Margot Robbie character. He Sharon said, Tate? Yes. He said, no, what he wanted her to play was Squeaky in the Manson family. Oh. But that ended up going to Dakota Fanning. And she was really good at Squeaky. I know. Yeah. I hated her. Yeah. Um, okay. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Was originally cast as George Spawn, the owner of the Spawn oh, Ranch. the Spawn Ranch. But he died before he was scheduled to shoot the oh, scenes. Whoopsie. And Bruce Stern replaced him in the role. Okay. So it's interesting, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but Burt Reynolds was kind of one of the inspirations for the story here, or oh. one of the thought to be inspirations for the story, which is why I think Quentin Tarantino was really interested in Burt Reynolds. And I have a funny Burt Reynolds story. Okay. My father. Yeah. In the 1980s. Yeah had a roundish dark hair just like Burt Reynolds <laughs> and a I don't want to call it a porn stash because it's my dad but he had a porn stash but he had a stash just like Burt Reynolds shut up and did he also know, have a bear rug uh I do not know and I do not want to know <laughs> is there a sex tape <laughs> uh, oh god la, 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 la. <laughs> But a little kid mistook him for Burt Reynolds, Reynolds one that's time. That's so cute. And I think that is so cute as yes. well. So, oh my god, I that love that. That is my Burt Reynolds story. That's hilarious. Yes. Your dad well, could have capitalized on that. I know, no shit. <laughs> well, and you know that Mark, what, two three years ago, did a Burt Reynolds nude photo shoot. Uh, no. So he covered up himself in all the right ways. And then he took the picture and put it on a platter and gave it to his brother I and sister. I did for know that because I remember you showing it to me and it was yes. hilarious. Oh my God, it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so besides Burt Reynolds, the role of James Stacy. So uh, James Stacy was the guy that Timothy Oliphant ended up playing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was originally written for Bill Paxton. Oh, but he also passed away. Son of a bitch. I know. Uh, Okay. The casting of Kurt Russell and Zoe Bell as the man and wife stunt coordinators on the Green Hornet is a double inside joke to Tarantino's films. Russell previously played stuntman Mike in Death Proof, in which Bell, a real life stunt performer, also appeared playing herself. Oh. Zoe Bell served as Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill. Uh, volume one and featured the theme to the green, which, which featured the theme to the green Horton on its soundtrack. Interesting. In addition to his on-screen role, it was Kurt Russell that was narrating the whole movie. I don't know. If I you didn't know even that. recognize his voice. I was shocked. So I literally like, so we get to the very end. Yeah. And at the very end, like he says some words and I'm like, Oh, <gasps> Oh my God, that's Kurt Russell. I and then when I read it, I was it like, together. yes, he was. He was. Yeah. The and I love Kurt Russell. I think he's, an actor that has aged so well. Remarkably well. And I like his acting. Like, he was great in The Hateful Eight. Yes. So they said that he's one that has had one of the longest running, because he is now 68, I think, when this movie Probably, came out. yeah. <clears throat> and so they're like, he literally has been acting. Well, yeah. no, 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 maybe 78. He's old. Yeah. That he's literally been in like six decades of yeah, I mean, Hollywood. But like even the Santa Chronicles that he did. Yeah. Were so good. Yeah. They were so good. I love them so much. Yeah. And like Mark's favorite is Big Trouble in Little China. I've never seen it. Don't. 
Oh, it's a boy movie. Oh, but yeah, it still boo. is great. He yeah. loves it. He thinks it's fantastic. Yeah. So to your point, who doesn't love Kurt Russell? Yeah. Um. All right, and this is Luke Perry's last film. I know. Perry. When I saw Luke Perry in it, I was like, "Oh, Luke mm-hmm. Perry." Perry suffered a stroke in late February ni- twenty nineteen, and he died March fourth. Yeah, so sad. Scott Lancer, who was I think, who he was. That was his role with Scott Lancer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because uh, Timothy Olyphant was James Casey. Um, so Scott Lancer is an homage to Wayne Maunder and his role in Lancer. Oh. Maunder died on November 11th, 2018, 10 days after filming wrapped on this movie. Oh, my God. What in the world? I know. There's a whole, like, it's weird. Yes. I don't know. Um, okay. Did you recognize the uh, Manson family daughter person flower child did you recognize her i gotta think about it she is the one i recognize tex watson okay did you recognize so the the one that didn't want to come and do the murder and went back to the car and stole it um it oh yes um who is it uh shit yes because i just forgot her name maya hawk yes maya hawk from stranger things yes you know who her parents are oh yes uma and ethan so that was all so kill bill that's right yeah exactly yeah um and she played flower child that was the name of her character okay so that's all the like people yeah um original originally skeptical of this project Sharon Tate's sister, Deborah Tate, gave the film and Margot Robbie's portrayal of Sharon her blessing after Deborah was embraced by Quentin Tarantino himself, and she became aware of how her sister would be represented within the film. That's good. Deborah referred to Margot as a dedicated craftsman and praised the actress's research of Sharon prior to meeting with her. Margot Robbie, who portrays Sharon Tate, wears some of Sharon Tate's actual jewelry provided by her sister. Oh, wow. And she was so moved by Margot Robbie's portrayal of Tate, she claimed she she cried real tears. She had a big wet patch of tears down the front of her shirt. It was like having my sister back again after 50 years. <gasps> That's so sad. I know. And I loved how Margot like portrayed Sharon uh-huh. Tate as very like um joyful yes. full of life yes like that's how i would envision her to be you know yeah. you're southern california i mean yeah. i just i really thought that was cool yeah all right in an unprecedented film production move a section of la's Hollywood Freeway, which is the 101, uh-huh. was completely shut down from noon to 2 p.m. for a sequence populated with period cars. No effects were used to create the sequence. The producers had some initial difficulties convincing Hollywood Boulevard vendors to allow their premises to be fitted with period facades to reflect the 1960s. However, after the production wrapped that section of the shoot, most of the same people asked if they could leave the facades in place. They loved it so much. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Because when I think about like... When I think about Hollywood, I yeah. think about 1960s Hollywood. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, even, so. Um, you think about the Monterey Pop Festival. Uh, you think about Woodstock. Like, all of it. Like, that hippiness of it. Well, yeah. and for me, it's like, I think of the glamour uh-huh. and the yeah. California soul. Yeah. The mamas and the papas and the yes. Beach Boys. And we'll talk about the music here in a minute. But yeah. I really think about Elizabeth that. like Taylor. Yes. And her Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And Steve McQueen and James yeah. Dean. And I know we just talked in a couple of podcasts back about how nobody remembers those movies. And I still maintain that nobody remembers those movies. Yeah. They don't. But they remember the stars. Oh, yeah. And they remember the, at least, at least our age does. I don't know if kids are going to or not, but I do. Yeah. Um, Okay. Have you ever heard of the Wilhelm scream? Mm -mm. Okay. So there's a fictional... There's a clip from the fictional Rick Dalton series, Bounty Law. A man is shot and falls off a roof. There's a particular scream that he gives. And it's like, ah, I Uh, I can't do it. But they do it in Star Wars. They do it. And it's become very cliche that that is the man falling off a whatever scream. And so it's very much a Tarantino joke oh, about movies that okay. they had the Wilhelm scream. So that's funny. If you're watching it, it's in that very first like clip of bounty law. You'll be able to pick it out. That's funny. Um, okay. Sharon Tate went to 
visits a bookstore. Mm-hmm. She picks up a copy of Tess of the De Ubervilles. Mm-hmm. The real Sharon Tate gave husband Roman Polanski a copy of the book while in Europe just before she returned to the U.S., saying that it would make a great film in which she herself would love to star. No. This was the last time Polanski saw Tate alive. He would later adapt the book as Tess dedicated to his murdered wife. I know. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, the cream Cadillac Brad Pitt drives belongs to Michael Madsen, who does oh. appear in the movie. Okay. And Michael Madsen has actually appeared in quite a few Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh. But in these last couple of movies, he's finally joked with Quentin Tarantino that he stopped killing him because he's like, he oh. died in almost all of them. <laughs> so, but he did appear in, uh, the car also appeared in Reservoir Dogs, also driven by Michael Madsen. Mm. So, thought that was funny. Um, the party sequence at the Playboy Mansion, which I was loved. amazing yes, because you saw all these like yes. cool ass people yeah. from the sixties. Cass Elliot, yes, and, and Michelle Phillips, Michelle Phillips, yeah, yeah and Steve McQueen's yeah. there, and it's really cool to see the interpretation of all those people. Yeah. And I feel like they did a fucking great yeah, job. It was amazing. So Damian Lewis, who they picked for Steve McQueen, I guess he's mm-hmm. played Steve McQueen before in the past. Oh. In my mind, he looks exactly, exactly like, like him. him. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was very easy to pick out who, who they were, were representing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it the, was really good. The only one that was like generic was Michelle Phillips because she's yeah. a I mean, skinny blonde Californian. Right. But she walks up and they're like, Michelle. Yeah, uh-huh. And then you knew exactly what it was, especially because yeah. she has her sister in tow. So. Yeah. I agree. I thought that was good. Anyway. Yeah. The party was actually filmed at the Playboy Mansion. Was it? Tarantino has been a guest of Hugh Hefner on a number of occasions. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about, uh, sh- excuse me, Sharon Tate, Roman yeah. Polanski, and yeah. Jay Sebring. Yeah. So, you know, I guess Sharon Tate and Jay Sebring mm-hmm. were together. Yes. They lived together. They were together. Yes. I can't remember if they were engaged or not. Uh, I don't know. I can't confirm. I don't know. For I can't sure. remember either. Yeah. But she, ends there up, was definitely more than a friendship at some point. A hundred percent. They yeah. were. Yes. Yeah. She ends up leaving Jay and gets with Roman yeah. and gets engaged to Roman. And that's, she was having his baby. Do we think they're a throuple? Oh, they were together all the time. They were together, they all, were together the time. all the time. Right. Oh, I hadn't thought about them being a throuple. Right. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't either. First of all, because it's the sixties. Second of all, because we know what Rome I mean, he went right off the fucking rocker oh, when yeah. she died. Oh yeah. So I mean Well, it may be even before. before. I mean, yeah. So like being part of a thruple, I could totally see that. Me too. Especially yeah. because they spent so much time together. Uh-huh. And so Jay Sebring was a famous Hollywood stylist. I didn't yeah. know this. Did you know that? I did only because I've read so much on the Manson murders. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so he brags about his income in one of the scenes. Most hair costs at the time cost between one and two dollars. He would charge fifty dollars. Yeah. which was the equivalent of $400 for Today. a haircut. Wow. After meeting a friend of Frank, wow. Frank Sinatra at a party, he flew to Las Vegas to give him a trim, and from that point on, he was barber to the stars. His clients ranged from Paul Newman to Jim Morrison. He was the one who introduced the combination of shampoo, scissor cut, blow dry, hairspray, a technique that is still used today. Wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And looking at their relationship, I'm like, there's no way they were not a... Thruple. Thruple. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Steve McQueen had planned to visit Sharon Tate the night she died, but he decided not to. Did not know that. I didn't either, but that was a little tidbit I found. Wow. Um, I kind of, I know we're at 35 minutes. So like we're, this could end up being a two part episode with as much information as we have. Um, so I'm going to kind of skip ahead. There's a couple things like um, the Spawn movie ranch I thought was really interesting. It was. I didn't know that it was only, it, that's only about 30 miles from downtown Hollywood. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. And it was completely abandoned, which is why they took it over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, Zorro and the Lone Ranger were filmed at Spawn Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, a flashback shows Rick Dalton training to use the fl- flame flower. Yes. And he recoiled from the heat and was like, yeah. is there any way to turn that down? I guess that was real legit? that was oh. legit that was his genuine reaction to the flamethrower and quentin tarantino thought it was funny so he left it in that is funny yeah and that was against the germans yeah <laughs> that's right 
Um, Quentin Tarantino based the Rick Dalton character on a number of actors of the area. The most obvious influence was Steve McQueen, who, like Dalton, found early success on a Western, but then he went on to remain an A-list actor, unlike Rick Dalton. So other influences were Ed Burns, Ty Harden, whom Tarantino referred to as a poor man, Steve McQueen, and Pete Duell. Like Dalton, Duell was the star of a Western television series, had issues with alcohol, and had his driver's license revoked after arrest for drunk driving. Similar to Cliff Booth, Duell's stand-in, Harold Frizzle acted as Duel's chauffeur. Mm, so that could have been one of the... Yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, and then the scene in which Dalton blows his lines. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I guess when he threw a fit in the trailer, that was all ad-libbed. And that was totally Leonardo DiCaprio's idea to do that. Really? And that's why it's like a cut-together scene is because they just filmed him like going crazy. Oh, my God. And they filmed him multiple times and then just cut it all together. But all of that was like... So Tarantino originally hadn't planned to have it in, but after he saw it, he's like, that really hits home the drunken has-been. Yeah. That, like losing his shit. Right. Yeah. That, that Dalton. So he agreed that it was important and wow. cut him in. Um, okay, so Cliff Booth. Of course, he's played by Brad Pitt. At the film's world premiere screening at the Cannes Film Festival, the scene where Pitt takes off his shirt to show his still muscular stuntman physique drew gra- gasps and spontaneous applause from the audience. Oh. And I guess that made him very uncomfortable. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So there are strong indicators that Cliff Booth was based on Hal Needham. And if you watch the commentary, one of the things that um, Quentin Tarantino says multiple times Uh is that back in the 60s, there was a relationship between an actor and their stuntman that you don't necessarily see today. Oh, And like a stuntman is with somebody over and over and over again, which I think is super cool Yeah, because it's like somebody that you trust that is going to be there and have your back. Betray you properly. That's right. Treat you properly. That's exactly right. Um, so Hal Needham was the highest paid stuntman in the world. He broke 56 bones, broke his back twice, punctured a lung, knocked out his teeth. His career included 4,500 television episodes and 310 feature films as a stuntman. Oh my God. One of the major films he was in was Smokey and the Bandit, which starred Burt Reynolds. I love Smokey and the Bandit. That's such a great movie. Yes. Wow. Um, So Cliff killed his wife. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean it happens to the best of us <laughs> um, on a boat no less it could be implied especially since she says her sister's name is natalie i know i was like that's totally a, a play at natalie wood it could be implied that kiff that cliff booth's killing of his wife natalie on a boat over a drunken quarrel is a reference to the death of natalie wood in 1981 yeah which has often been suspected to have been yep. done by robert wagner yep still unsolved to this day Tim? and um Oh my God! Why is it we go to do this and I can't think of anybody's goddamn name? The, he was in the SNL episode with Blue Oyster Cult. I need more cowbell. What the hell is his name? Oh, uh, um, older actor. Shit! I can see his face and I cannot think of his damn name. Hold on, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. I know what he was said. on the boat with him that night. That was he? Uh huh. I didn't know that mm-hmm. with Natalie Wood. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. He says he was asleep and doesn't know anything that happened, but I. That's crazy. Yeah. Tarantino swears that it has no reference to Natalie Wood, but I don't know. Eh, it's a little happened. coincidental. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Bruce's Lee, Bruce Lee's line, <laughs> Bruce yes. Lee, Bruce Lee's line about Cliff being pretty for a stuntman was yes. suggested by Burt Reynolds. Oh. During a script reading. Um, Tarantino said, had the line not been Burt's, it never would have made another film because Brad doesn't like characters pointing out how good looking he is. Really? Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Bruce Lee, like there's a lot around Bruce Lee. Yeah. Retired NBA superstar Kareem Abdul-Jabbar strongly criticized the film for what he felt was an offensive and insulting portrayal of him. Oh. Um, Shannon Lee, the daughter of Bruce uh-huh. Lee, was very disappointed with the way her father was portrayed. Um, she felt he was sorely misrepresented as an arrogant blowhard who was full of hot air. Quentin Tarantino stated on Joe Rogan's podcast that Shannon Lee is the only one who has a right to disagree with how he portrayed her, <laughs> portrayed him. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Everyone else can fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> and China wanted the Bruce Lee scenes removed before it was released there. And Quentin Tarantino was like, I'm not doing that. Wow. 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 Okay. Oh God, what? Can we talk about the dirty fucking feet? Oh, they're the hippie everywhere. feet. Yeah, the hippie feet. And it, yes. Sharon Tate and is Sharon not, Tate too. Yes. Yeah. When Margaret when Margaret Qualley, who plays Pussycat. 
Oh, yeah. The, okay. the hitchhiking, uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, puts her feet on the dashboard. There are visible signs of discoloration and damage to her feet because she trained as a ballet dancer. But they added cocoa powder and pencil lead to, in order to make them look realistically dirty during the car scene. Ugh, they can were I, gross. Right. Can I tell you, like, I wear flip-flops everywhere I go. My feet don't look like that. No, like because they, yeah. Right. Well, Ugh. and I know that, especially out there at Spawn Ranch, they were not. I mean, bathing. they were true fucking of the earth hippies That's true. back then. They weren't bathing. But, oh, gross. But like, there had to be water out there. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like walking everywhere with no fucking shoes on. Like, yes. gross. Um, and then Sharon Tate puts her feet up on the seat in the theater uh-huh. while watching the wrecking crew. If one looks closer, you can see that her feet are dirty. Yes, they're gross. In real life. Tate hated wearing shoes and would take any possible opportunity to not wear any in public unless the situation absolutely called for it. So this was very Authentic. true to the character. Yeah. Wow. Right. Ugh. Terrible. I mean, I'm barefoot in your house right now, but my shit is clean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Let's talk about the music for just a second. Yeah. And the reason why I want to talk about this and then segue into a conversation about the murder. Okay. Okay. So first of all, it's an amazing soundtrack, right? Yes. Like so yes. many good Simon and Garfunkel uh-huh. and Mamas and Papas and Paul Revere and the Raiders, like so yeah. many good songs. Um, the KHJ radio intros and outros were all real. Like oh. some kid had recorded those and they sat in a basement and then Quentin Tarantino got them and what? used them for this movie. That's yes. awesome. And what he said was that like songs that were big in LA might not have been big time nationwide. So there are a oh. couple of interesting songs in there that may not be like things that you necessarily would be, oh, I recognize that. Okay. But they were popular in LA because it was, you know, they had a different mm-hmm. scene, right? So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but Dalton in one of his scenes is listening to the song Snoopy versus the Red Baron by the Royal oh, Scarsman. Yeah. In the mid sixties, a recurring element in the, that I don't care about that, but um, that was Quentin Tarantino's favorite song growing up was, was Snoopy really? versus the Red Baron. He says that on the commentary. Um, and the music after Cliff kills the intruders, the uh-huh. police arrive and Rick goes to uh-huh. Sharon Tate is from the life and times of Judge Roy Bean, directed by John Houston and starring Paul Newman. It's appropriate because the title card at the very beginning of the movie is maybe this isn't the way it was. It's the way it should have been. been. Okay. So that leads into yeah, a to conversation the about the murders. Yeah. Spoiler. If you haven't yeah. seen it, you should stop now. Now. Yeah. yeah. So. We know this is supposed to depict the murder of Sharon, Sharon Tate, Tate and Abby Folgers yep, yeah. and her friends. And so, and Jay Sebring yeah. and I can't, the, um, who was it? I can't remember the other guy that was there with Abby. Uh, Jay Sebring, Abby Folger, her boyfriend, Wojek Frykowski. Yeah. Yeah. And then Stephen Parent, who was in the guest, guest house, house out back. Yeah. Right. Um, so obviously in this movie, Mm-hmm. it's not it's uh rick dalton that pisses them off yeah they come back they go to that house not yeah. sharon state house and brad pitt high as fuck on yes. acid yes with which, his dog with his dog <laughs> kills the shit out of these people yeah mark's absolute favorite scene of a movie anywhere anytime <laughs> i swear to god is when he fucking launches that can at that woman and it oh like, god yes smacks off her fucking face yes he dies at that <laughs> He thinks that is the greatest scene yeah. ever. I, I have to say, I mean, it's a great, yeah, it is awesome. And just the way, like, it's so sexy how Brad Pitt, like, makes a little whistle noise goes, and that goddamn dog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Look uh-huh. at Buddy. She's like, I'm ready to kill yeah, for you. Yeah, look at her. <laughs> she got up for you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, and that dog just knew what to do and, yeah. like, took care of business. Yeah. I loved it. And uh, you've got to feel great, like, for Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. Like, oh, she God, comes this out. Poor and, I know. Immigrant. She can't hardly speak English. She's freaking out. Yes. yes exactly. Yes. Yes. And then everyone, like, kick, they yeah. kick their ass. Yeah. And, the craziest part, Betty. Oh, see, you made I know, the noise. I did it. I did yes. it. It's my fault. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. But the craziest part is like the girl ends up in the pool. On fire. And then they light her on fire. Yes, yes. I'm like, who doesn't just like go down? She knew she was in water. Yeah. Like, why didn't she just put herself out? But yeah. she doesn't. No. She wails around. Yes. Well, like she looked like one of those gumby things yeah, out front like of a car lot. <laughs> exactly while on fucking fire like who does that yes anyway (laughs) 
So that's what happened in the movie. And because yeah. they killed off these would-be intruders, Sharon Tate, Tate lives. friends, yeah. lives, befriends what's-his-bucket, and yeah. they live happily ever after, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah. The real murders. Yeah, not so much. Um, So this is kind of interesting. Um, They originally wanted to release this movie on August 9th. Oh. 2019, which would have been exactly 50, 50 years, years from the night that they were murdered. Yeah. But Sony brought it up to, I think, July 26th. Oh. So just a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. Um, but the murders actually happened between August 8th and 10th in Los Angeles, California. It was all under the direction of Tex Watson, who says he was, con- you know, commanded by Charles, Charles Manson. Charles Manson, yep. Um, Watson, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkle, mm-hmm. and K- Linda Caspian. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Drove from the Spawn Ranch to the Silo Drive in Benedict Canyon with the home. So here's what I thought was weird about the music. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been able to watch. There have been a couple like Beach Boy documentaries and they talk about how really Dennis Wilson befriended Charles Manson. Yeah. They wrote songs together. Yes. And um, it was Terry Melcher was friends with Dennis Wilson. Yes. That Charles Manson, Manson, yeah. Manson got to know him and that was his house. Yeah. That's and that's why who he, he was there to kill. Like it wasn't he, Sharon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, like when you know that, like. I'm shocked there's not any Beach Boys in this movie at all. Yeah. If not at the Playboy Mansion. Well, they don't, they don't really show Charlie. They do because he goes to the house. Remember? Yeah, but it was very brief. It was, but still. He wasn't a big focus of the movie. To not play the song. I mean, that's true. That's true. To not have that, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I don't, I've, I've. I wonder if there's something in Quentin Tarantino's psyche that's like I I can't forgive the Beach Boys for for what right their, for their tie in to it for their tie yeah. into this yeah because that's true. I just and so I searched to see if like there was a, an interview or something like that that was yeah. like hey tell me about the Beach Boys and I couldn't find anything. I didn't search that hard, I'll be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, still, like, he doesn't re- reference it in the commentary, and they talk about the goddamn music. Yeah. And, again, you have the mamas and the papas. And right. So you have all these people representative, and not and one of And not the Beach Boys. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. A single Beach Boy. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, of course, Polanski was gone. Mm-hmm. He was working in Europe, mm-hmm. so Sharon Tate was alone. And eight and a half months, months pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. How crazy would that be? Yeah. And, of course, after this... Mm-hmm. The next night they go and to they the LaBianca house mm-hmm, kill yeah. the LaBiancas. Yeah. Um, and so, and that was the early morning hours of August 10th. Yeah. Um, so the Tate Polinsky house was in Benedict Can- Canyon. Um, of course, Donald Shorty Shea was a ranch hand employed by George Spawn. Mm. He had tried to warn Spawn about the dangerous nature of the Manson family, mm-hmm. but at some point he was jumped and then killed with various body parts being buried around the ranch. One of the killers was Steve Clem Grogan, the hippie who knifes the tire yes. of Cliff Booth. And I didn't know Cliff that. Cliff Booth whoops his ass. And teaches him a fucking lesson. Yes. 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 Um, as Shorty was the only ranch hand, this would have been him in the shot because you can see him in the oh, corral behind yeah. him. Um, but his fa- his body was not found until 1977 when Clem agreed to show the police where his remains could be found. Yeah. So I thought that was crazy. Fucking wild. I know. The whole thing was just insane. Well, especially, so the way that the real murders happen, right? Mm-hmm. They drove up and they cut their telephone line. Mm-hmm. And then they drove back down, parked their car, mm-hmm. went up, performed the murders, got in the car, text went off, and then everyone else was expected to hitchhike home, which I thought was fucking crazy as yeah. shit. I didn't know that. I found that out reading all of this stuff. And of course, you know, with the murders, they wrote The Pig mm-hmm. and The Helter Skelter. And war and all and that, war. yeah. And so for the longest time, it's believed that they did it as a trying to invoke a race uh-huh. war, a race riot, and a, mm-hmm. a race war, which, you know, I get it. I, I see where that connection is. But it makes so much more sense that Charles Manson was pissed that Dennis Wilson stole his yeah. fucking song. I think it was more of a class war thing well, than it was anything else. I think yeah, it was just, just Charles a, Manson being I mean, an asshole. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, I because mean, like, they and they portrayed it in the movie like it was a yeah. class war, which, yeah. to your point, makes sense. Yeah, like the haves to have not. Charlie had nothing. That's right. Yeah. And to your point, Dennis Wilson and Terry yeah. Melcher and all of them, they had money and fame yeah. and girls and this and that. Yeah. But have you? 
read about like how debaucherous that house was when it was Dennis Wilson and Terry Mulcher and uh no so the movie Babylon at the beginning yeah, yeah. that's what it was like oh just sex just and drugs and all over the women. place yes oh good night hundred percent yes well and it is wild to think about so two things that have always struck me because I mean there's no debating the insanity of Charlie Manson but the fact that he was put in prison and he never committed a murder. Yeah. Like he went to prison for life and he never actually murdered anyone. I mean, he was the cult leader, let's be clear. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve to go to prison because he oh, did. Oh, of course. But it's just the fact that That's like- That's true. He never, never took actually, anyone's life. Yeah. He wasn't even on the properties when the murders happened. So when, tell me, so I'm not as, I don't know this as well as I think you do. So Manson went to the LaBianca house. He drove the car. And that's it. But he did not go onto the properties. That's crazy. Yeah, did not go onto the properties. But, you know, the thing is, is I don't think, and this is going to sound bad. Yeah. I don't think creating a cult is as hard as people think it is. No, no. Are you kidding? After the (laughs) Trump years? Are you kidding? No, it's fucking easy. It's easy. I think if I wanted to be rich... If yeah. I, so you asked in the very beginning, like if I wanted to be famous uh-huh. for something bad, uh-huh. like I think I could be a cult leader. Yeah. I think I could get people there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like there's enough things that people believe that I just yes. am like, you are crazy, crazy. that yes. lots of people believe. Yeah. Um, because they don't have any critical thinking skills or because it fulfill something in it, them that they already have this preconceived idea of. It's easy. And they just latch on to yes, it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that easily explains this thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. Yeah. So that's always really thrown me that he went to prison and didn't actually commit any of the murders. And then, and then when you watch this movie and you think about like, what would that have been like? Yeah. What would that have been like if they had lived? Roman Polanski would have come back to the U S from Europe there would have been no fourteen-year-old girls. There would have been none of that, you know, none of that would have happened. But then, what would have happened to Charlie and the rest of the family? If, if the way the movie went, or if they just had, or just in general, if they weren't able to pull off the murders, yeah, what would have? How would that? Have, if she had lived, if yeah. all of them had lived, like they still would, would have still tried to commit the crimes, but for whatever maybe, reason, yeah, you know, and yeah. then like what would? How would that have affected? The Manson family. Well, not just that, but how would it have affected the hippie movement? Like a lot of people say 1969 is when the hippie movement ended. And a lot of people attribute this to that change. Yeah. Yeah, Because, oh, all of a sudden it's like, you you know, like they show in this movie hitchhiking all over the place. Yeah. After that, that just didn't happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good, well, and Polanski, I think was probably a sexual deviant before oh, Sharon Tate, 100%. right? Yeah. But to your point, if he had a wife and a child, mm-hmm. would he have at least been different? And I will say that uh, researching Roman Polanski and knowing like he um, fled the country yeah. and like- uh, He can't come back? No, and he can't attend the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. And I, like all of that is weird. Yeah. I guess Quentin Tarantino did through some mutual friends sent him a copy of the script, but never heard anything back on it. Oh, interesting. I know, I thought that was weird. Okay, so when Charlie Manson in the film goes yeah. back to the Polinsky house and Jay tells him that Terry and Candy aren't there, yes, he was likely talking about Terry Melcher, who is Doris Day's son. I did not oh, know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. And his girlfriend was Candace Bergen. Shut up. I didn't know that either. So Terry and Candy were Terry oh, Melcher and Candace Bergen. Interesting. Manson also mentions Beach Boy drummer. I did know that because I watched a documentary and they interviewed her. Well, that's I that's did know that, that it okay. was Candace Bergen. I did know that now that you're saying that. So uh, Manson mentions Beach, Beach Boy drummer Dennis Wilson. Uh-huh. Dreaming of a career in music, Manson had played and sung some of his songs to Wilson, and one of them ended up being recorded by the Beach Boys. The song, originally entitled Cease to Exist, which, by the way, is the documentary about it, but it's the worst documentary in the world. Do not watch oh, it. God. It's on YouTube, and the guy talks so slow, <laughs> you kind of wish you would cease to exist. <laughs> anyway, but it appeared as a single with the name Never Learn Not to Love. And I guess there was a second 
song that they wrote together, but then Dennis Wilson changed all the lyrics to it and they released that one. So like, that's my thing Uh is when you think about Charles Manson, Uh so like he was a pretty smart person growing up. Right. And obviously he had some skills and troubled childhood. He was troubled childhood, but he had talent. Yeah. So you know how the girls as they're walking into Los Angeles and they are singing a song. Uh It's a pretty fucking catchy tune. Yeah. That was actually written by Charles Manson. I know. Well, when the girls sing, if you watch live footage from the court trials uh-huh. and they sing going into court, it's his song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Cliff recognizes the Manson family members from his visit to the Spawn Ranch, he can't remember Tex Watson's name. Tex responds saying, I am the devil. I came to do the devil's business. The real life Tex Watson said this exact phrase to the victims at Sharon State's house. Mm. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. And did you know one of these chicks from, who's from? Um, That's Squeaky. She tried to kill Gerald Ford. Yes, she did. I didn't yes, know that. Yes, she did. Yeah, she went to jail for it. That's what she went to jail for? I think so, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, she tried to assassinate him. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most, why do you think that there is so much fascination surrounding these murders the manson murders yeah because it's just like four crazy people killing four I famous think it's the actors whole, and actors yeah i think it's the whole i well i don't know for me i think it's the the idea that this cult is living out in no man's land like you know what i mean on this mm-hmm. fucking abandoned movie lot for lack of a better word that's what it was it, yeah, was, that's what it was used exactly for a movie lot was. yeah and while they're out there birthing babies and you know they're doing dirty life. feet yeah dirty feet and they're living life <laughs> well and they were like they would have uh tours yes you know that's how they were making money right yeah and then like all of a sudden you get yourself so worked up and and almost all of them were having sex with charlie yeah in some fashion most of the women were having sex with charlie out mm-hmm. there which is how he manipulated him right that yeah. and the drugs uh-huh. that and the drugs uh-huh. and he gets them all worked up into this fever of like, these people think they're better than you. These people think, you know, they hate you. They'll do these, you know, and then they just want to kill everybody. And it, I, I think the reason it's so fascinating is because it's probably the first time anything like that's ever happened in our country mm-hmm. where a cult has not just hit, done, you know, done them their own selves in, right? Like they it yeah, went well, outwards. I could see that. And especially because that's probably like the first time there's national news reporting yes. on it. Yes. And nobody locked their doors back then. Yeah. Nobody, there was not like, no. It, there just wasn't that kind of generalized fear of like somebody's going to come into your house and murder you in the middle of the night and you don't even know who you who they are yeah. and they don't really have a grudge against you you mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's not so while it was random it also wasn't random because mm-hmm. of the, like the melcher connection and all mm-hmm. that kind of shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. she just happened to be renting the wrong house that summer exactly and she would have lived otherwise yeah that's that's how i yeah. feel yeah 100%. which is crazy yeah which makes it so random that it's it's wild it's fascinating yeah so i always and none of them have ever, there's only been one of them that has ever one of the women that has ever um, apologized for it? Tex Watson? No. Really? No, ma'am. Charlie Manson? Uh Uh-uh. There is no, there is no apology. There is no um, regret. Really? At all. Mm -mm. Wow. Mm -mm. So this is, this is what kills me. And I think this in a lot of cults. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the person that whips everyone up yeah, doesn't really believe in what they're selling. Right. I do not believe in any way, shape, or form. Because didn't Charlie Manson end up, like, finding Jesus or something? Oh, I don't know, in prison. I mean, yeah. I, he's... Like at 80 or something? Yeah. Didn't he's he, a, he died at, like, 85 something or something. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. But anyway... Managed to get married two or three times while he was in the joint. How does that happen? Right. But, like, I never believe these people that 
Yeah, like, do you think David Koresh really thought he was fucking Jesus? Right. Like, I think he probably, sure, he, but he thought he was because he thought he was fucking great. No, but, but I think he thought he was great. I don't think yeah, he, thought he thought he was, he was Jesus, Jesus, but I think he thought he could convince him, a lot of yeah. other people that he was yeah, Jesus. exactly. And then he could get them to do what he wants to that's do. That's exactly right. And, and that's ultimately what every cult leader is just trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. I, I. That's my thing is, I wonder if, looking back, people that are in cults, mm-hmm. and maybe I should just, like, read an article or something <laughs> to figure this yeah. out. Yeah. But, but I not wanna... on the Haley Bop because those guys are gone. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but like, do people looking back think, oh my God, Charlie Manson didn't believe the shit he was. He was just pissed that Dennis Wilson okay, stole so his songs. It's interesting that you say that because I watched the Waco documentary on Netflix. Have yeah. you watched it? No, no, but it looks so good. And Mark and I keep saying when it's we really have good. a full weekend. It's really good. Yes. I binged it on my birthday. Very weird, but I binged the whole damn thing on my birthday. That sounds like you. So there are, there's a man and two women that they interview yeah. that were Branch Davidians. One was a child and she was the last child let out before it all went up in flames. Okay. One of them is a adult, was an adult follower, Davidian back in the day. Yeah. Um, still very devout. Really? Oh yes. The even girl, the child? Even the child. Her dad died. Her <gasps> dad died in the fire and she still is, it's the government's fault. This would never have happened if it hadn't been for the government. We were just trying to have a church on this land and it's just, and they wouldn't leave us alone. And Shut so up. I think some, for some people that shit is bone deep. Yeah. Bone deep. And, or they're just so, they're so, pro, they're or they can't admit to themselves that right. they fell for this. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I definitely went through it like, I'll have to watch the Waco. I'll have to watch the Waco show. Yeah, that looks it's really, really good. good. But I just, I, I can't believe that like. But think about what Hitler did during World War II. That's it's the, the same that's thing. That's the thing. It, it's is the that, same thing. But the difference there is like, well, you know, I say that. So Hitler was kind of the same thing, right? Like he convinced everyone that Jews were the problem. Yeah. yeah. And he blamed them for losing World War One, But at the end yeah. of the day, he knew that it wasn't the Jews. Right. So I guess that's my that's my point is like, you know, the people that believe truly believe. Yeah. I don't I don't think the leaders the really, leaders believe their really, bullshit. Right. Yeah. Believe yeah. their own bullshit. Yeah. They just I think if you say things oftentimes I'm a very wealthy man. I'm a very wealthy man. I think if you say things often enough times, you can kind of convince yourself you believe it, Yeah. but down deep, you know, that shit's not true. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I think Charlie Manson just liked to fuck with people. I think he just wanted to see if they were going to have the balls to pull off a murder that he told him to go commit and they did it. Well, and I don't want to be like that guy, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize. So I'm just going through the Wikipedia page. So he listed his religion as Scientology. Who? Charles Manson. <laughs> I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise might, I mean, that's a cult. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a cult. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Manson began studying Scientology when incarcerated in 1961. Manson listed his religion as Scientology. In September 1961, prison report argues that Manson appears to have developed a certain amount of insight into his problems through the study of this discipline. Oh my God. He didn't make clear. I'm just going to say, if you've watched any of the Leah Remini stuff, you would know what that means. But yes, he did not make it all the way to clear. Um, so I started the least, the Lisa Remini yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, by August, 1966, he was no longer an associate of the Scientology. Yeah. I bet he wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that and he didn't have the money. Exactly. Exactly. He completed 150 hours of auditing. Damn. His right-hand man was Bruce Davis. He worked at the Church of Scientology headquarters in London from November 1968 to April 1969. Wow. So even though he said he was in Scientologist? He was still involved. That's probably where he learned it. Like, yeah. that's probably where he how learned how to be so charismatic how, and how, how to, to uh-huh. manipulate people. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Yikes. Yeah. Thanks, Scientology. I know, right? Wow. Okay, well, this has been a yeah. little interesting look down this. Yeah. Um, I definitely, again, I... 
I it's a great movie. I love this movie. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I love that it's an alternative ending. I have not seen Inglorious Bastards, but Riley has told me I need to see it because it's very much the same thing with an alternative ending. You have not watched Inglorious. I have Bastards. not yet. Oh, so good. Yeah. So I got to watch it before we do our next like podcast. On oh yeah. Just Tarantino. Especially when it's Tarantino. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards is so good. Yeah. But I love the alternative ending of this movie. I do too. And the idea of like. What would that have been like? Well, and the other thing that I like about this is that um, it's like several stories running in parallel. Yes, that's awesome. I too. like the Rick Dalton yeah. characters, but then I like the Sharon Tate aspects, yes. and I enjoy like I enjoyed all of these like. And um, T- Tarantino said this was very reminiscent and the most like his Pulp Fiction, which was oh, a similar yeah. thing where it was like a, a little snippets of storytelling yes. that involved different characters. And I liked that. And yeah. then, uh, you know, you and I talked about this in another podcast that we did. I liked the Kurt Russell character narrating over yes. the whole thing because yes. it gave a flavor of it. And some people, I think, call that lazy because it's like, oh, you're not letting your audience figure that out for themselves. Oh, I'm OK with it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I enjoy the additional color that that yeah. gives and the, the information that it gives so I actually I like it a lot I thought I it was great awesome. I do yeah. too um, definitely a fun movie and now that you have recently watched that you might want to consider going back to Babylon and watching and that. watching it again Just yeah because that's an interesting it is bookend to it, it yeah that's exactly right yeah so it's just a it's just a thought so yeah anyway uh, any other thoughts that you have? Any other can I don't think so. Questions or or little Charlie Manson Charlie Manson is trivia that you yeah. might have. No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. I know you're the expert. Yeah, man, I got to tell you guys when I s- suggested this to yeah. Nicole, she was like, "Yes, I'm all over it. I'll do yes. that." I mean, so. I read Helter Skelter in high school because my dad has it. Did you really? Yeah, you yeah. are a sick lady. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah. maybe have to start talking about more murders yeah. or at least having more murder movies that or we're famous watching. murder. Yeah. That kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully you guys have made it this far. I know we're a little over our normal time, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed this little walk down once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, if anyone has any suggestions, especially of murder movies that we can do, please come yeah. on our Facebook site, our poor friends inside podcast insiders. Yeah. <laughs> you did I'm it. Almost nice job. There. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys, um, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we'll go out yeah, and watch it. Yeah, check it out. Because even if you don't think you're a Tarantino fan, it's not super gory. True. I the, mean, the end is the gory. End's pretty the gory, end's pretty gory. The end's pretty gory, but like, it's it not like not some all. of his movies, which That's is just right. blood and gore from beginning not to end. Not at all. Not at all. And it's a really good story it is and you feel good at the end of it yeah like the good oh, guys win yeah totally right yeah you're the just like guys rooting win. for them to die exactly <laughs> that's exactly right yeah. so it, it is good for that <laughs> all right you guys have a good night good night bye, bye.